Time for rolling. The right targets. That is one trade. T Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boy Top. Surrey Strike is not oh. enough. goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's going to get one. He's got to get two. Lost Boy Top. Oh. Lost Boy Top. He does it. He gets the two versus one turnaround under the turret. He lives two. What's up left uh uh 5v5 <laughs> 5v5 is what's up did you win yeah i won glad nice. someone's winning out there on 5v5 <laughs> our tier right now is a little more uh people just running around and dying it's pretty entertaining <laughs> yeah we had a, a Varia want to go top, and then a Glaive went mid, but then the Glaive decided to jungle, so Rikoshka tried to do mid every once in a while, so basically it was just crewed on a Captain Arden trying to hold down mid lane. Ouch. Yeah, it was entertaining, <laughs> to say the least. I've, I've been getting a lot of like really good matchmaking. Like Every time I've queued, I've been with Challenger and VGA players so far. Oh, man. But yeah, it's really fun. The only bad thing is, though, I still can't figure out how to use the teleport boots. Really? I haven't tried them yet. Like, I buy them, and then I click to activate them. But, like, how do you teleport to something that's all the way across the map? So I think you have to, like, scroll over there. You're like the freak. Yeah, I do that, and okay. then I touch the thing, and it doesn't work. Huh. I think I've only done it successfully, like, on my own scout cam. I've never tried it on minions or anything before. I've been trying to do it on allies and minions. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, there's there's some other things that I I think the one thing that right now is like the when you get into a game and you're like everyone's locking in heroes, people sometimes just like wait till wait way too long. The time's not very. Oh long. yeah, people keep people keep dodging. Yeah, it's because they don't even know it though. Yeah. Because it's like five people trying to decide where to go, and everyone's like, there's no communication, so you're just like waiting, waiting, waiting. But there's like no time to like truly solve who's going where. Yep. So hopefully they make that a little longer. Hey, how's it going? Real quick before we get into today's episode, I just want to tell you about a few sponsors and opportunities for you guys to support the show. Um, for our sponsors, Mobile Esports. Obviously, I talked about them a lot. They are a wonderful company that deals with all things mobile gaming. Uh, they are gaming on a whole new level. They will be doing more and more stuff heading into 2018 with Vainglory and Vainglory community events. Bobby5 did just finally drop for 2.12 in early access. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. I'm so excited to continue working on things with them. Uh, we do have our Patreon page that is launched. Of course, if you, again, feel like you like the show enough and you'd like to support us, then go over there and you can do some donations and there's some perks. Definitely check out the page. Uh, it will be in the show notes, Patreon page slash TFR. Uh, esports and then we also have some of our you know art up on Redbubble I don't know if people have heard of that before but you can order things like stickers and phone cases and coffee mugs and that kind of stuff and we do get some of the percentage so it is nice to uh, be able to maybe get a sticker of ours if you are going to San Francisco my brother Crude and I will be there so um, you can find us and we have some stickers to hand out uh, we don't know how many we'll give out and how quickly so definitely try to find us early on but I think that is all we have this episode. We will be having left specters on Vanglory Nova Coach. He's going to break down 2.12 with us. We're going to go through every single hero change, talk about 3v3 versus 5v5 and who's strong, who's not, what's broken, what's not broken, and I don't really think anything's broken yet. We'll have to see. It's really early, uh, but we're going to get into this episode, do a little introduction, and then the episode will start up. I hope you guys enjoy it. Cheers. 
Welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, the weekly podcast that brings you Vainglory Esports. From predictions to recaps and analysis, we present to you the best in professional Vainglory. Now, here's your hosts, Inglis and Krutzloth. It's time for rolling. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, episode 80. We are on the big 8-0. We have a crazy episode today. A lot has happened uh, already this week, and it's only while we're recording it is Monday. Um, Vanglory decided to drop 2.12 on us, and we have a lot to talk about. So we kind of rearranged our schedule for this week. We are bringing Left on to give us a breakdown of Heroes and the item changes. I'm joined, as always, with Crude Sloth. How's it going? Uh, it's going fantastic. 2.12's out. I'm super hyped. Yes, 5v5 is now a reality. Left, obviously, coach from Nova. How's it going, man? It's going really well. 5v5 is amazing, and yeah, it's just really, really, really fun, and I'm having such a good time with it. Yeah, it's fun so far. Um, People haven't exploited anything yet. We are on day one. We'll have to see when the first kind of like broken thing is found, and then um, I saw an interesting tweet from the copycat. He's obviously a big PvE person, but he was like, more matches have probably been played today than they've played on PBE for the last, like, however long they've been playing. So there's going to be a lot of things being found just because of the amount of matches and uh, that are being played currently. So he was like... To be fair, there already is something broken that we found, though. What's that? It's Crystal Vox, man. Oh, well. Uh, no, I, just Vox destro- I just destroyed a CP Vox as Samuel, so I don't know. Oh, see, Les got all the... The behind the, the scenes. The person he was playing was probably just bad. I mean, he didn't have any. <laughs> he didn't have any defense, but oh, okay. we we won the game against a CP Vox, and we didn't have one. So, okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because currently, obviously, there's no rank, so you you are blind going into matches. So there are yeah are decent chances that you could just draft into a terrible team, and it's not nothing you can really deal with. Yeah, that's gonna happen a lot during the early access. <laughs> Yeah, we could. Uh, we if basically, obviously, if rank comes in three then we have probably about two to two two to three weeks on it with just a blind pick. So that'll be interesting to see how these next couple of weeks goes. And I'm sure Nivmits and the uh, the rest of the balance team. It'll be interesting to see what people say. I've been hearing they did an amazing job, and I haven't played long enough to find anything too crazy. So it'll be interesting to see. But today, our goal is. Uh, to try and run through every single one of these hero changes as much as possible without being five-hour-long uh, podcast. We're going to really just try to go through the major things, some of the stuff that we may think may be really strong or some stuff that's really going to affect 3v3. Um, so we're just going to walk that through. That was left. He's going to give us his expert analysis. And then the real stuff, probably even more that I really went left to talk about, is item changes and how some of these item changes will uh, be looking i guess towards the future of 5v5 and the rest of competitive but who really knows what will even change by the time competitive starts probably a lot so literally if we start from the top uh i know left the the big thing i guess that's kind of across the board is the range and movement speed changes oh yeah basically everybody is either getting a range change a movement speed change or both in the case of like melee slash ranged heroes like rhyme um so did yeah did you feel okay you've played did you feel that it feels slow while you're out there because i have seen some tweets that people are like it feels like my hero is slow compared to normal Mm, that I, i personally haven't felt slow but I've been buying boots first item with Book of Eulogies every time I lane. Mm-hmm. So that just might be a byproduct of me buying boots first. It also might be people not buying boots and then trying to go the wrong way up the river. <laughs> but <laughs> it also could just be that the map is like five yeah, times as big right. as the Halcyon Fold now. So they just feel slower. Right. I think that's what yeah. it is just because I'm like, okay, I normally can get back to the lane by this time. And then if I'm trying to get somewhere, if I have like tier one boots, I'm just like, I feel like this is taking forever to get where I want to go. But it's probably just because the map is bigger. 
Yep, and it's even better because they reduce the cost of tier two boots. Yeah, um, I feel like boots are going to be super important throughout five v five. You're, you're going to need them to get around quick enough. Uh, so hero wise, uh, crude. Why don't you at least not necessarily read, but go through the first couple and let left decide if it's important or not. <laughs> All right. So first up, you got Adagio. Basically, um, it's just for Adagio. It's basically just his movement and his range have been increased. Out. You see anything on there left you want to talk about for Adagio? Uh, so the range on Gift of Fire is, I mean, it makes sense. It's a good change because everyone's going to be more spread out on a bigger map with more heroes. So I think that was a good change. And then his verse of judgment, he's going to get more fortified health when he's casting that simply because more heroes are going to be trying to stop him from casting that while he's casting it. Right. <laughs> so those changes are pretty straightforward, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, so Alpha. Now, I think this one's a little bit bigger. Like, they, they had talked about um, in his infinite reboot, like, you know, his ultimate. And, and when you have 3v3, you have a chance of, you know, getting through that and getting rebooted a little bit better. But 5v5, they were experiencing that it was just five players just were just blowing up Alpha in his reboot. So they've kind of addressed that a little bit. But what do you think about that? Yeah, so it's... I think it's a good change. They removed the energy recharge ratio from her reboot sequence, and um, so you can no longer change the amount of time that you reboot as alpha, whether that's by buying cooldown speed or buying um, energy recharge. So it's just a flat three and a half seconds now, but they also increased the health um, at all levels from, or from 450 to 2250 to 500 to 2800, which means it's just to compensate for the fact that instead of three people trying to get you out of reboot, there are probably going to be five. Um, so, yeah, I think it should help Alpha. I've seen a few Alphas today doing very well, so I think it's a good change. All right, going into next one, Arden. So, obviously, captains are going to be pretty important in 5A5. Um, I would say just as important or even more because there's so many more people to take care of. And I think that's something they're looking at when it comes to Arden's, like, vanguards. I mean, the range is increased. The cooldown is increased. Um, I guess blood for blood, whatever. I guess they have an increased range. And then gauntlet, the cooldown is increased. So, the gauntlet will be not as up as often. Yeah, I think these changes for Arden, they go along kind of the same vein as the changes to Adagio. Like, everything is going to be more spread out, so you got to increase his range a little bit just so that he can provide some utility and not feel like he's stuck in teamfights, can't get to his teammate. And I also feel like this might be like a case for building cooldown on Arden once you get like that Crucible and Fountain and stuff. That might be pretty fun to try. Yeah, I think uh, the w what the captains build and what order... That'll be interesting to see. I've seen some people say like upgraded cameras are most important before, you know, like a second tier. And uh, I guess we can talk about that when we get to more of the item changes, When it, what your opinions are when it comes to what items are most important. Um, Baptiste, though, next. Obviously, Fearsome Shade is something that I really was looking forward to in 5v5. With, with a clockwork, you could throw that Fearsome Shade out a lot. There's a lot of people to fear into walls and what kind of whatnot. So basically, Fearsome Shade has been changed. Um, do you think it's really going to affect Baptiste? You know, he can still buy an Echo and still have a clockwork. Yeah, so the changes to Fearsome Shade, it's not going to really do anything to roam Baptiste with an Echo. But what it is going to stop is that um, when you were playing Batiste in 2.11 and 3v3, you max out Fearsome Shade and you have a clockwork. If you use Fearsome Shade relatively early in the fight, you'll probably have it again just through the cooldown reduction on using your bad mojos. And since obviously there's going to be a lot more people to fear in 5v5, they don't want that to be coming out twice from a Crystal Batiste that doesn't have an Echo. Because that's just too much impact from Batiste. Right. All right. So next up, we got Baron. We got two uh, two things I would say that affect Baron as far as splash damage, and then I think the big one with the Ion Cannon. The Ion Cannon is now global uh, for three v three and five v five anywhere on the map. So yeah, the Ion Cannon being global. I think they should have done that from the beginning, to be honest. Um, it yeah. always felt really awkward to use at lower levels. 
as Baron, even on 3v3. And then, um, so his basic attacks, they reduce the splash damage and increase the attack speed. I think this means that they want to move Weapon Baron more into just being a single target hero. Obviously, since in 5v5 there's five people, there's going to be so many more people grouped up to get like annihilated by Baron splash damage. Yeah. So, obviously, they want to keep that part of his perk, but they don't want to make him absolutely busted. And he would have been if they would have kept him like that since he wasn't 3v3. Right. Uh, next up, we got Blackfeather. He took a pretty big change as well. Uh, he was, you know, they said early on in his 5v5 testing that he was just destroying. So, they had to change some stuff with the Faint of Heart, the On Point, and the Rose of Fence. All three of those got some, some changes. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about those a little bit. Yeah, so... I woke up this morning and started reading the patch notes, and I realized that everybody on Reddit and the community forums and Twitter was crying salty uh. tears about Blackfeather's changes. <laughs> like, I woke up and went on the community forums, and there was a thread at the top that was literally called, You Can't Balance Faux Shizzle. And it was some <laughs> guy, he wrote like one sentence about, Why would you kill Blackfeather? Nivmet sucks. Fire him. Oh, God. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so. The trolls. What happened in PBE, since I was doing, like, I was part of the PBE testing, what was happening in PBE with Blackfeather and why they made these changes was, like, I'm going to be saying this so many times, but since there's more heroes in 5v5, he was using his Rose Offensive with a breaking point to just cut through, like, three, four, five people at a time with his ultimate, and that was allowing him to stack breaking point way God. faster than he should have. So, Jeez. What he, what he would do is he would just Rose Offensive through the team once, Rose Offensive the other way, he'd have 20 breaking point stacks, and then he would just feign of heart and kill somebody instantly. So that's why they had to make these changes to Blackfeather. And I think Nivmet playing BF on the dev stream today was evidence enough that he's still in a perfectly okay place. Yeah. So the on I point, played him and I liked him. Yeah, well you played Crystal, right? Yeah, I did play Crystal. I didn't play Weapon Power. But yeah, I still... Because I wanted to try, you know... CP Blackfeather was pretty good in 2.11 so I was I wanted to see how it was in 2.12 and not bad cuz his his on point no longer slows targets when hit I thought that was interesting and I don't know completely why they added that in maybe just cuz he was able to stick on targets too easily Yeah he's always been like a really sticky chasing hero they may have just wanted to remove that completely and make sure he's just using his dashes to stick to heroes but Yeah that change kind of, this that change kind of confused me too, um, but yeah, we're gonna have to see how that plays out. Yeah, we'll see if he's still viable. I'm sure he's not gonna completely die. Um, he's next, one of those heroes that no matter what they do to him yeah. is always gonna be playable, kind of like yeah. Fox. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Catherine's next, of course. It's kind of like Baptiste. I feel like ultimate if you could if you could echo the ultimate use a blast trimmer twice you would really silence five people for a very long time so you know they did you know reduce the silence duration a little bit um you know they also mess with merciless pursuit storm guard they really mess with everything i don't know if it's really just the ultimate that's the biggest change in this case uh, i think the best change here is what they did is storm guard so in the pve testing what was happening was um since instead of three people, you have five people focusing on Kath's shield, it would just it would be gone instantly, and she would just die. Mm -hmm. So they uh, reduced the threshold for activating the shield as far as damage goes, and then they made it last a little bit longer every time she gets hit. So those are good changes that are going to help the bubble, which has been neglected for a very long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then for Blast Tremor... I find I find that change really interesting because it actually may provide incentive for not maxing blast trimmer okay. and just going with the merciless pursuit in the bubble because before you would get an extra point three seconds of silence now you only get point one seconds of silence and um, yeah and even if you if you get an echo the cooldown doesn't really matter anyways. Yeah, Echo will be interesting to see if how many captains build an Echo as their uh, as an item. Um, the next hero, I was I'm pretty interested about this one just because of how this will relate to three v three. Still, I mean, 
okay, so we have the heliogenesis. You know, the, the range is already pretty long on uh, the heliogenesis, especially when it's upgraded on level eight, but now it's even farther. I mean, it's slight, but even though slight uh, range increase, I feel like will be important. Obviously, Celeste, there's a lot going on in teamfights. Celeste is going to be as far away as possible. I mean, do you think the range increase is definitely crucial for 5v5, and do you think that's going to make Celeste even more broken in 3v3? I think that Celeste, with these changes, is probably one of those heroes that they scratched their heads about for like a week straight and then realized that they had to take one game mode over the other. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they're they going to have to choose 5v5 there. It's the future of their esports and everything. So I do think with the range increases, she's going to be overwhelming in 3v3, but I also can't figure out any way for them to have avoided that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's important. All right, next up we got the mighty Churnwalker. Uh, we saw what he could do in 3v3, obviously in 5v5. The amount of health regen he would be able to get would have been ridiculous if he had all five enemies hooked up and ta dealing damage. So opinions on Churnwalker left. So the, um, yeah, you said it a second ago, the futility of life thing. With more heroes on the field, that just has to be tuned down because you're going to be getting health from more sources than you did on the Halcyon Fold. So it only makes sense that you would tune down the healing and the damage. But anyways, what I think is really interesting is the speed increase on Hook and Chain. Um, so the interesting thing about Churnwalker is that like his win rate curve as you went up in ELO, like was really high so like he had a really high win rate and was like a ban or pick captain in tier 10 but if you go down to like tier 3 no it was either he was never picked or the person picking him could not land a single chain ever and their team would lose okay, <laughs> me. so i think i think the, the the speed change for hook and chain is gonna help smooth that curve out a little bit I am, gotcha. I am interested, though, like, think about having five people hooked. Like, is that really going to be completely possible? I just feel like I, I did just play a game of Churnwalker, and it was hard to, like, be in the middle of all five of the enemies without getting chunked down immediately and having all, yeah. you know, it's difficult, I feel like. Another way to think about it would be, do you want to spend time hooking yeah. and chaining five people when somebody might be diving your carry and you got to focus on fountaining them? Right, exactly. Yeah. Lots of things are going to be going on, and I think that's the. I think that's sorry, crude, but I think that's the main. No, you're good. I think that's the main thing that us lower tier players struggle with is because we watch professionals play. And like, oh, you know, you always got to be throwing out your hook and chain, but you sometimes you get so focused on I need to land my hook. Like, there's five of them; they're always running around. Like, some of them are breaking your chain. Like, it's almost pointless to stress about that and maybe just focus on your team instead of the hooking the enemy team. Yeah, that sort of thing happens to me with Lorelei. Like, I get so focused on putting the pools down, I forget to use my actives. <laughs> I was just, I was just gonna say, don't challenge Gabe Vizzle or any of those professional uh, captains to <laughs> to not. They'll, get a they'll five. do it. They'll get all five and and reflex block and fountain. Yeah, they won't even miss a beat. Oh yeah, Gabe posted a video on Twitter earlier today of him getting a pentakill with CP Vox. Yeah, we'll talk about earlier earlier today, I got a I got a pentakill with Weapon Idris, Ooh. which we can talk about later because Weapon Idris is like really fun now. So, all right, next up on our list here, we got Flicker. Uh, I have one simple question left: Will Flicker be viable in five v five? Because in three v three, he's definitely been one of the lower priority captains. So, is this is this his time? Flicker will be viable in 5v5. I think he'll be more than viable. He's been really, really, really annoying to play against in PvE testing, and I think a lot of people are going to pick him up just because of the vision utility he brings. Like Anything that has to do with vision is so much more important now, and the strength that Flicker brings to your team with that, like you can run him as a support, you can run him as a utility crystal jungler, you, so much utility on Flicker. The other big thing with Mooncloak, like all heroes affected by Mooncloak stealth will have true sight while stealth. I think that's, I mean, that's interesting, right? That <laughs> I actually don't know exactly what true sight so... means. I, I have a, like, I don't know for sure. So I think I listened to the dev stream and they said, um, 
True Sight is where when everyone is in the cloak, you can see like all the um, the cams. You can see the cams. You can see Taka. You can see a Kestrel. Like, you basically have all okay. vision everywhere. So That's you get what a, I thought it was, but I yeah. wasn't sure. You can like avoid a cam and not you know if you're trying to get a sneaky rotation off while you're invisible, you can avoid where their cameras are basically. Like That's of the entire map. Yeah. Oh wow! Like if they had given Flicker that in three v three, he probably would have been pretty meta mm-hmm. oh yeah okay all right well captains we do have a lot of captain changes that i think are important next one is fortress i'll be interested to see how many times fortress is played as a captain going forward but there are some decent changes obviously the five you know attack from the pack are going to be the five wolves coming out that's um you know, known the wolf base health is increased, so they will last a little longer. Then we have just you know other little changes with fortress. Do you still think we're gonna have uh, like a cloud nine type comp where you run this CP like a aftershock kind of low damage, high utility fortress? Yeah, that's gonna still be a very real thing, um, <laughs> especially because they increased the slow on law of the claw and. Um, yeah, so CP Fortress and and Rome Fortress, I guess, they're both enabling heroes, which means that they're going to let you get ganks faster and convert on mistakes faster. So I guess in the pro scene, unless they just completely kill him, Fortress is never not going to be a, at least a niche pick. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Glaive, okay, so... I got a personal beef right now with Glaive just because the people that have been playing them are playing him wrong. Um, the afterburns, obviously, I feel like have changed on how you play afterburns. I think we've discussed it before on the podcast, but people need to stop afterburning into five members of the enemy team when your team's not there. Anyways, uh, so afterburn now stuns <laughs> at the start of the knockback instead of the end. Maybe a slight change is going to, ch- you know, it's going to be different on how. It feels when it comes to reflex, stun variations increase. Glaive, do you got anything specific about Glaive that you like or dislike so far for 5v5? Uh, Glaive has been... I mean, I've only played against Glaive so far. I haven't played as him yet, but he seems pretty much... He seems pretty similar to how you would play against him in 3v3. Mm-hmm. Like, I've just been... I usually predict reflex blocking afterburn. Like, as soon as he does it, I reflex block. Sometimes he's really good, and he waits for the block to wear off, and most of the time he's not. Yeah. So, yeah, they just did some general range and speed things for Glaive like they did to everybody else, and looks like that actually gave him more weapon power scaling, which is interesting. What I'm not, gonna, I'm not actually sure what that says. It just says general weapon power scaling. <laughs> is that on... per level or it doesn't say per level it just says it general say, weapon yeah. power scaling increase from 6.7 to 7.9 I have no idea what that means <laughs> I don't either <laughs> just gen- something general category just overall it may just be like how much he gets per level since it looks like they reduced his base weapon okay I think that would make the most sense, to be honest, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Alright, well, next up, we got another captain, Grace. Um, for her, for me at least, it looks just like mainly, the, you know, the range is the issue. They did decrease her weapon ratio from 20 to 15. What do you think about Grace? Grace is really fun in 5v5. Um... <laughs> On PvE, I played a lot of Weapon Grace, like Weapon Grace in top lane. Um, She has a lot of utility now that she can provide five Benediction Shields at the same, or four Benediction Shields at the same time to her allies. Um, So, yeah. Um, Also, they made it so that the bonus damage on her Benediction attack is now the same bonus that she gets for her Empowered Basic attacks when she stands in the same place. So... I think that Grace is going to be a really good Rome or laner pick in 5v5. Ooh, lane. Though, like, shouldn't they, maybe, would it be too OP if they increased it, like, another use? Because now you have five players instead of three? Whoa. (laughs) 
I'm not I'm just actually. Hmm, that's an that's an interesting thought, but they may have not increased divine intervention's heal or given it a second charge because of how prevalent in the recent three v three meta it's been that like you just pick two bruisers and then put grace on there with an echo and you win. Yeah, that's I think what that's, what, the that's, issue that's much of what it's been before. in three v three in like tier ten right. and above. People just got tired of that, and I guess Nivmet did not want Grace to be that strong as a support anymore. <laughs> it's just going to be even more crucial for the captain to truly be paying attention to all four team members and figuring out, you know, who she wants to heal, and then when to hit the echo and heal the next person. Because if you, you know, may have two squishy people, you have to pay attention to now. It's definitely going to be a lot harder for yeah. captains. All right, so next up we got Grumpjaw, and as we all know, Grumpjaw hasn't been used a whole lot here recently with 3v3, so uh, they're obviously trying to get him to be a little bit more used in 5v5. Uh, any opinions on Grumpjaw and what you think if he'll be more used, less used? Uh, I agree with what Nivment said. Grumpjaw has been sad for a long time. <laughs> His win rate has been like the bottom in North America for the longest time now. And when I was on my stream, I was always taking it upon myself to raise Grumpjaw's win rate in North in NA ranked. But I think these changes, they're not necessarily like 5v5 changes as they are just helping Grumpjaw get better. Yeah. <laughs> like you got more slow on Grumpy, movement speed buff lower cooldown on hangry and probably a 5v5 type change is what they did do is stuffed they were like well people keep stunning grumpjaw in 3v3 so there's going to be even more people stunning him in 5v5 <laughs> so what can we do i guess you just can't stop grumpjaw from eating people anymore <laughs> yep <laughs> Ooh, i think it's me isn't it Yes, it is. Come on, pay attention, Endless. All right, my bad, my bad. Um, Gwyn. Okay, so Gwyn is interesting because we haven't seen weapon power as much. We saw, like, I would say some Crystal Gwyn, and it was viable. We saw Best Shock play Crystal Gwyn the very first 5v5 match at Worlds. Um, I personally like weapon power more just because I feel like as a Crystal Path, I use my Buckshot and then stand there and wait for it to come back up. But there was a lot of changes. So Gwen, I feel like they're trying to get the you know the weapon ratio um, back more into play. Maybe have a, a weapon power Gwen, and we could see a, a one trick best Chuck Gwen return. Yeah, the changes to weapon power Gwen. I think they did a lot more to make her like a mid game one v one threat as a weapon laner. Um. Since they gave the slow over to the weapon power path and took it away from the crystal power path, there was a Gwen on my team earlier today while I was playing 5v5 who just kept split pushing by herself and the enemies would go to kill her and she would just kill them one by one and we won the game. So weapon Gwen is definitely a lot stronger now. Yeah, I think uh, Aces High, the range, um, is increased, which, again, team fights are going to be, I feel like, for the most part, more spread out and more stuff happening. So, like, 12 to 18, though, I feel like that is a ginormous range yeah, increase. Yeah, that is a really long range increase, and I think it's really good because it just gives Gwen more potential to be a skill shot hero. It just gives, like, all of these skill shot range increases just give you more opportunities to make really awesome plays. And now on the Halcyon Fold, you're going to be able to throw a Aces High from one base to the next. <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh, Idris. Okay, here's your boy. Um, let's see. Weapon power. I guess weapon power is what you mentioned. Is Crystal going to be around as much, or do you think weapon power could be the more dominant currently in 5v5? Uh, you said that about Gwen? No, oh, Idris. Sorry, I moved on to oh, Idris. Idris. I think both um, Weapon and Crystal Power Idris are going to be very viable in 5v5. I haven't played Crystal Idris yet, but on the PBE, I did play against Fuji's Crystal Idris, and he was very good on that. So they just gave a lot of quality of life changes to Crystal Idris, like more ratio on his basic attack or less ratio on his basic attack actually and more base damage i believe um and then more crystal ratio on the chakram which is something that crystal idris players have wanted for a long time and then 
Shimmer Strike is like the big change that I'm excited about for weapon power, Idris. They actually gave it a real weapon power ratio of 150%. So the thing with weapon power, Idris, is I was playing him today and I had like Sorrow Blade, Breaking Point, Poison Shiv, and Tyrant's Monocle. You Shimmer Strike into the middle of the enemy team and you hit them all at the same time and boom, you instantly have 20 Breaking Point stacks. It's really good. Like you just shimmer strike in, hit everybody at the same time, and then shroud step to one person, and you just blow them up. So hmm. weapon Idris is gonna be so fun in five v five. I can't wait to play it more. That's what I'm trying tonight. I'm gonna try that now. <laughs> it won't go as good as what Left has done. I promise. No, you. probably not. I'm gonna try it though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up, we got Jewel, and uh, from what I've looked at. It seems like maybe they're trying to decrease the crystal a little bit, but maybe increase the weapon ratio, especially on that Thunderstrike. They increased it, so I don't know if you have any opinions on Jewel, really. Uh, my first 5v5 game was actually on CP Jewel earlier today. How was um, it? I won, but there was a weapon Jewel on the other team, and she killed me a lot because I would get caught out of position and she would just destroy me with basic attacks. Mm-hmm. But when I succeeded in team fights as CP Jewel, it was because I had maxed my alt and I had a clockwork. Um, so basically, I would be getting two, three alts in an extended fight. God. Wow. And yeah, the uh, damage per second decrease on CP Jewel is not really that noticeable, especially because she's going to be doing more damage to more heroes in 5v5. It's still really good for finishing people off, and if you're ahead, you can one-shot kill somebody with it still. Right. Nice. Alright, next hero, we got Kestrel, and uh, I don't think we need to really say anything about Kestrel, just the basic attack range increased from 6 to 6.2, so uh, Kestrel is already pretty set up for 5v5. Anything you want to say about that left? Um, nope, nothing really about Kestrel. Alright. Alright, so Kashka, I think, is already emerging as a pretty important character slash hero, whatever, in 5v5. Just because of how fast she is, the clear speed could be interesting. Um, but, you know, the one thing I was excited about is Pouncy, or Twirly Death, when uh, Kashka uses Pouncy Fun, I guess, to jump in. Twirly Death, you know, gains a barrier per enemy hero's hit for one second. So it was like Kashka was kind of an assassin, kind of a, a bruiser, and, you know, maybe needed a little more either defense or just more damage. And I think they went with uh, definitely more defense to make maybe Kashka a little more tanky in the 5v5 scene. Um, yeah, these Kashka changes, they kind of like, they hurt me because I really <laughs> hate Kashka. <laughs> I, Kashka meta is like the worst thing that can ever happen to me in Vainglory. Because when I first joined the game, it was patch 1.5. And that was like the patch where draft didn't exist. So every game was Fortress Kashka Ringo versus Fortress Kashka Ringo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I get flashbacks every time they buff Kashka. <laughs> you have nightmares. But, yeah. Aside from that, she's actually probably really viable as a laner. Um, there were a lot of people playing top lane Kashka in PVE. And the uh, the barrier that you get from hitting Twirly Death makes her actually pretty sustainable in the lane, even, even against a ranged hero. So I was going to ask this later, but I'm just going to do it now since we've I've kind of heard you low-key mention it a couple times. Are we going to see just not everyone, but pretty much a lot of hero, heroes being viable as a laner if you played them correctly? Like, are we going to see just maybe a lot of unconventional, quote-unquote, if you look at 3v3 uh, laners in 5v5? Um, yes. Most everything is going to be viable as... as- pretty much whatever you want if you do it correctly in 5v5. Yeah, I cannot wait to see as we continue on. Maybe we can like bring you back on in like two weeks before 3.0 hits or three weeks and be like, all right, what's changed since we last talked? And you'd be like, yeah, everything's different. (laughs) 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 Um, I think I'm up again. I don't remember. I'm just going to do crawl. Okay, so let's see. Um. Okay. Showers and empower, empower me. His perk. His movement speeds increase. Basically, he's gonna be able to get around a lot faster. 
Uh, I guess the big thing in 5v5 is uh, our area of effect or, you know, d the damage is going to be important to do damage for multiple heroes and Cruel only can focus on one. So I think that's kind of why they have a barrier increase. That way Cruel can survive longer in these team fights. Yeah, um, so since there's five heroes in 5v5, it's kind of going to refine Kroll's playstyle even more. Um, he's going to have to focus on... So usually in like the early game on 3v3, you would see Kroll's playing really sneaky, trying to invade the enemy jungle, waiting for the enemy jungler to use their dashes so that he could catch him out of a bush and stuff like that. Um, I think... And you, that would kind of wear off to the end of the game, and you would just basically be trying to hit your stun on the enemy carry so that your carry could kill the other carry. But I think since there's five heroes now, and Kroll is going to explode if he dives right into the middle of five heroes, it's going to really force him to play the way that he did early game on 3v3 throughout the entire 5v5 game. Just like not necessarily always with his team, hiding around in bushes, waiting to assassinate people and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely be interesting to see if uh, Cruel still played as much as he was in 3v3 or, you know, how people actually kind of play him. Obviously, we saw a lot of uh, lane Cruel coming out of a few teams throughout these smaller uh, the tournaments that have been happening in 3v3. So we'll have to see if, you know, that continues in 5v5. All right, next up we have Lance. Um, so basically, I think he took kind of a, a bigger hit in this update. Uh, it seems to me like they're trying to get rid of a little bit more of that weapon power Lance and more focus on the Captain Lance. You know, uh, he, His knockback with his Githian wall, distance range increased from 3.8 to 4.2. Uh, his impale damage decreased quite a bit. So what, what's your opinions on this left? Mm, what you said, it really looks like they're trying to tone down the whole weapon lance thing yep and focus on captain lance the especially because they increased the distance on githian walls knockback um because everything is more spread out there's less walls that are very close to each other and he might have to hit some people farther to achieve the same effect as he did in 3v3 I'm sure some of those uh, impales before they really nerfed them with in 5v5 on the testing and stuff, if they got five-man impales, it was probably pretty deadly. So they are probably like, we got to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> or people were just All playing right. six spell sword lance. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Uh, next up, we got Lorelei. Uh, doesn't seem like a whole lot of changes to her. I don't know if you have anything you want to talk about Lorelei. Uh, I'm just sad that they increased the cooldown on Water Wall, so I can't play with the legendary talent with an Echo and a Clockwork anymore in Blitz. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that probably, had to have been nasty. Probably crucial. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, nothing really too special for Lorelai. All right. Well, the next one is huge. I feel like I also have seen people crying and confused about this change. It is Lyra. Um, really, the big thing is um, okay. Imperial Sigil. The healing per second has been reduced. Not that big. Cooldown changed. Um, it has gone up, I believe. Or no, it's been it's been changed down. But the bright ball work is what i'm interested with lyra's bright ball with ball work no longer silences move abilities it still stops move abilities but only when crossing the bulwark radius so explain this to me or someone who's just like what did i just read because i think i messed it up like five times but how big of a change is this for lyra i think it's really just another tuning 5v5 change so how it used to work is if Taka got Bright Bulwarked while he was next to Lyra, he couldn't use Kaiten. Yeah. Now, the only way that Bright Bulwark stops a movement ability is if he's X-Retsuing, and then Lyra puts the Bulwark down before he gets there. So it's like a so, gauntlet. You have to pass through it, basically. You have to touch the edge to actually get your movement abilities snared. Okay. Hmm. So if Alpha's right on top of you and you bulwark she can still core charge and prime directive okay yeah so bright bulwark always had like a huge impact in 3v3 since people were running like double melee comps with people that have different dashes and stuff like that so 
in 5v5 if you if someone wants to, if some team wants to run like three different melee heroes that all have dashes bright bulwark is going to be like 10 times as effective and that makes lyra very broken because she'll just buy an echo and be able to negate your entire team's movement abilities instantly so I guess they're transferring some of Bright Bulwark's power over to Lyra actually having to predict when people are going to use movement abilities instead of just using it reactively like she used to. Yeah. I think it'll be an interesting change. I think people, if you go play 3v3 or in 3v3, it may be a bigger deal just because there's there's less heroes and stuff. But um, I think next we have Ozo. Not really too much. Just, you know, base move speed is up. Um, the travel speed increase of the Bangarang, cooldown reduce. I don't know. Have you been seeing any more Crystal or Weapon? I've actually seen both Weapon and Crystal Ozo. I haven't actually seen an Ozo yet, but I can imagine he's going to be really powerful in 5v5 because of all of the AoE he provides, whether yeah. it's with Crystal or Weapon. Yeah, he'll mention to see. I got chased down. Like I think I had three turrets down, and I got chased by an Ozo. I was a Vox. I tried to kite him, and he just kept following me. He had a breaking point and a Servant's Mask, and I just could never kill him. It, it was sad. Um, pedals next. I have not seen a pedal yet in 5v5. A few changes. I feel like pedal was obviously strong in 3v3 if you didn't know how to play against her, but in 5v5, I'm not quite sure how pedal will do. Yeah, I actually played against two pedals today, and I think the changes that they made to her make her pretty similar to what she was in 3v3. Um, they gave her pets more health, which is good, because in PBE they were instantly dying when somebody like blew on them. <laughs> so, yeah, she's still sort of the same as she was in 3v3. There was counterplay to her when I was playing against her, and a couple times I didn't kill the Munions, and it, she killed me. So, yeah, I think she'll be okay. Nice. All right, next up we got Finn. Um, <laughs> nothing nothing really here, just a little bit of movement speed. So uh, I'll just keep it going unless you want to say something about Finn left. Nope, not really okay. anything to say about Finn. Yep. Uh, Rhyme, nothing really to say about him. Movement speed was increased and range was increased. So I've my work here is done, Endless. This um, is good. I've we, done all I can say. We're just now in the R's and we're at 47 minutes. <laughs> nice. So, well, that sped us up a little bit. We can move on to Reza. <laughs> uh, Reza, I actually I saw a tweet that Reza would be really fun and really strong in 5v5. I'm not quite sure specifically why, but just because I really don't play Reza that much, so left. I don't know if there's anything specific about Reza that you know. Uh, Reza's mobility is going to allow him to make a lot more crazy plays in 5v5. I played on PBE a couple days ago against Fuji's Reza, and he just destroyed everybody using a cooldown build. Um, he would have like five troublemakers in one fight, and... It was just not good. Um, they <laughs> they increase his dash range just because the map is bigger and everything is more spread out. Um, I'm yeah, I think he's going to be pretty good as a jungler or maybe even as a top laner. All right, Ringo next. Obviously, really strong in two point eleven. Uh, crazy strong, as in just kind of dominating in most matches. You know, not always, but Spell Sword was really important in this. Uh, now the Twilling Server Silver uh, cooldown increased from nine to twelve. Basic attack speed, uh, the bonus increased from all the way from like sixty-five up to eighty on the when it's fully leveled. So, I mean, I think Ringo's still going to be viable in five v five. He'll still be viable in 5v5. Um, I think they just wanted, with the Twirling Silver changes, to take a little bit of the power away from the people that were building Spellsword. But, like, if you still want that effect, Spellsword still works. It's just not going to be quite as good anymore. All right. Next up, we got Rona. Uh, they did do some changes with Rona. I was obviously most interested about the Red Mist with, you know, five players being chopped down, but they. Did a lot of changes to end of the fray. I don't know if you want to talk about end of the fray with those changes a little bit left or uh into the fray, it looks like they increase the cooldown and she gets more fortified health, which makes sense because there will be more heroes. She gets right. longer duration on that fortified health, more damage, and a stronger slow. So that just looks like 
standard 5v5 tuning for Into the Fray. But Red Mist, um, that's more interesting. They had to increase the da- or de- decrease the damage per second, which I think is a really good change because I was playing against... I've played against Arona today, and she just started spinning in the middle of like four people, and they all almost died instantly, <laughs> even though she didn't even have max blood rage, so it didn't last very long. But she did so much damage and instantly had... 20 breaking point stacks. So these changes are just to compensate for there being more heroes on the map for her to spin. Right. And yeah, next up we got Samuel, which is uh, just a range increase. Nothing there. So we can move on from Samuel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Endless. He'll be fun in 5v5. The next person that I don't like to see in 5v5, just because the split pushing I think is going to be insane is saw um, suppressing fire. Crystal ratios have increased spin up, you know, the move speed penalty per stack decreased a little bit. So, I mean, he's gonna be able to move around a little better, but I still just think his, his personally, I think his split pushing ability will be crazy. Yeah. Saw is going to be very good at split pushing. Um, just overall, I think it's really good that they increase suppressing fire's crystal ratio because I really like playing crystal saw. I think he's really fun as a jungler or even a laner. I don't know, but they also um, they made him a little bit faster while he spun up, which I think is a welcome change since the map is so much bigger. If they would have kept that, he would have probably been even slower from point A to point B than Finn or Baron. Yeah, so I think saw will be. A fun time, especially, uh, you know, obviously you have the rivers to work with as well. So Saul maybe have a little more mobility if you play uh, in mid lane. Uh, next, we have Scarf, obviously my favorite hero. I think the main thing that I get from this is that basically Goop was maybe too strong when it came to, like, pushing down turrets or towers. And um, they slow strength is reduced. The strength of the fire is reduced. Crystal ratio reduced. Basically, anything that's been increased is the range. But really, the projectile speed of uh, Spitfire has been up, so therefore, you should hopefully be able to hit that more often. And really, I think Scarf's probably more focused on uh, poke at this point. Yeah, they really focused Scarf a little bit more on the poke, um, especially because they increased the range of Goop, too. Yeah. Um... There's been a play style with Scarf in older patches where you would just like build tank and then an Eve, and you would like just get into the thick of the fight and drop multiple goop pools under yourself and never die. <laughs> so I think they kind of wanted to eliminate that now that the map is a lot bigger and it's 5v5. Right. All right. Next up, we got Sky. Um, Mobility just seemed to be the biggest thing for Sky here with uh, 5v5. Anything you want to talk about with Sky? Uh, the cooldown on Surrey Strike is a lot longer now, which I think people that are like one-trick Skies are probably going to cry a lot about, but Skies are already really fast and really mobile. If they kept yeah. that in 5v5, she just would have been too much. She could just um, dance around the fights, right? She yeah. already does that. And... Basic attack increase, that's pretty standard. And the bonus lock-on range from Death From Above, I think that's more of an incentive to... Oh, wait, no. They decreased that, I think, at all at level 3. Never mind. <laughs> Alright. Well, next up we got Taka. Um, I don't know. They, they kind of said that, you know, like much like Alpha, Taka needs to his stacks to jungle, so... It seems like to me they kind of changed his early game a little bit, and then like he's a little bit stronger with his earlier game, and then kind of falls off a little bit more late game. Is that correct, Left, or what would you say about Taka? I would say that's a fair analysis of Taka. He just becomes way harder to play once you get later into the game. Um, lots of times Taka players will go like 10-0 and 0 in the first 15 minutes, and at the end of the match they'll be 10-10. Yeah. 10. <laughs> That's me on every hero. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, but the changes they made to Taco are really similar to the changes they made to Alpha. Um, yeah. Much like Alpha, he needs his stacks to jungle, is what Nivmet said. Yeah. So, and I agree with him. Um, and it looks like they reduced the crystal ratio on Xratu, but increased the base damage. 
So I'm not actually sure if that's a nerf or the or a buff. I would have to do the math on that. But Taka's probably going to be a little bit more of a niche pick now because once you get to late game, his impact is going to be pretty diminished in a five-on-five fight. Right. Okay, well, we get to end on two of the most, I would say, strongest heroes. Varya, strongest in 2.11, and then Vox, I would say, I'm obviously predicting this early, strongest in 2.12. But Varya has been changed big time. Obviously, Chain Lightning no longer deals weapon. That's huge. Range reduce for the Stormforged Spear, the damage reduction on Arc Recursion altogether, basic attack range increase like a lot of people. So I think Varya has been changed a lot. I don't think it killed her, but I think it was... A pretty important change yeah removing the chain lightning weapon damage was pretty crucial because weapon varia was never supposed to be a thing that people did they created <laughs> varia to be played with crystal power so yeah. it's like playing weapon celeste if they gave heliogenesis weapon ratio or something like that yeah so never should have been a thing honestly um, and then a reduction on Stormforge Spears range. I think that was really good because the reason why that felt so oppressive, the spear ability, whether it was in Blitz or in Ranked, was because there's not really anything else in the game that has that range on that low of a cooldown. So there's not really much that can compete with her once she gets her items at range. <laughs> so Vox is next. I played against a Crystal Vox in bottom wing when I was Weapon Power. It could just because I'm terrible, but he pretty much destroyed me. I thought it was extremely strong, and I'm excited just because I loved playing Crystal Vox back in the day. So, I mean, there's, you know, the range is increased, weapon power change uh, has been decreased a little bit, but the, you know, overall crystal, I would say, there's a crystal scaling now in basic attack. So, there's just really, I would say, Crystal Vox is backed by popular demand, as Nimit says. Yeah, I'm really I'm excited and scared about it because yeah. I also Crystal Vox is my favorite Vox path, but also I'm wondering if it's a little bit too strong because I was playing it on the dev stream earlier today and it was so fun. But like I looked at Twitch chat while I was playing and everyone was saying like, "What have you done, Nivmet?" <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I think Crystal Vox is going to be very fun. Um, see, when I'm playing against Crystal Vox as like a weapon power hero in lane. What I like to do is just wait for me to not have any more minions before I try to poke him. Either that or just stay so far away from my minions that he can't bounce damage on me. But I think the biggest change is that his basic attacks now actually have a crystal component again. Um, after they nerfed him, he was just completely unviable if he couldn't get like resonance on multiple people that were grouped up. And now he that he can actually do some single target damage again, I'm really excited to play him. Oh, it's a love-hate relationship for me. Currently, once I play him and have a really good game on him, I'm feeling I'll be like, oh, yeah, Crystal Fox is great. Um, but when I play against them and get destroyed, it's not going to be fun. Uh, we finished. We finished all the heroes. It was insane. There's a lot of good and bad we like when it comes to nerfs and buffs. Uh, Nivmet doesn't like the word nerf. He said that on the stream today. He was yelling at playoff for calling it a nerf. Um, but <laughs> if we look at items balance changes, there's a lot of them. I don't want to like have you talk about each one. I would basically say all boots really have been, you know, the total cost has been decreased. That way it's easier to get boots. Um, Okay, one thing I do want to talk about real quick, though. Okay, so all crit crit seems to have changed across the board. We see a change on Lucky Strike, Minion's Foot, Tornado Trigger, Tyrants. Do you want to talk about how the crits change and if that's, like, crucial? So it looks like all crits have been reduced by 5 to 10% across the items, which... I'm not really sure why they did that, to be honest. Um, one thing that I've noticed, though, is that you get a lot more gold in 5v5. Like, the game that I played on Samuel right before we started the podcast was, um, I was, like, completely full build at 20 minutes. Um, so, if people were stacking crit items really quickly and they still had their old stats, that may have been a really big problem. People using really high crits to snowball games. So, that may have been a reason why they reduced all the crit items. Yeah, I think... <laughs> 
Tyrants has like weapon damage increase now from 60 to 80. Crits down, but there's just it does more damage now when it comes to weapon. Um, other weapon power items, no crystals been changed really. It's just really kind of the weapon pass. Spell sword changed a little bit. Cost increases up 100. Weapon power damage is reduced by 10. Uh, I think the big change I want you to dive more into though is going to be Storm Crown and especially Stormguard Banner. Uh, speaking of returning things to its old form like Vox, I think Stormguard Banner is going to be huge for junglers in 5v5. Yeah, the Stormguard Banner changes I really like because it's going to allow people who want to or people whose strategy it benefits to t actually like invest gold in being able to clear fast from level 1. Like, if you want to have a utility jungler like Fortress rather than a damage jungler like Taka, then you start that Stormguard banner, and it gives you a faster clear at level 1 so that you can, like, go do invades or push a lane or something like that. Whereas before, it didn't really have that utility. Yeah, I think they said, uh, I, f I forget who said it, but someone's like, they think every jungler will start with a Stormguard banner. That way you can clear faster because clearing is going to be important, especially for the crystal junglers. Um, yeah, overall, not too many big changes for items, just small things on, you know, mining candy, cost increase, crystal power reduction, though, on a clockwork. That is interesting. Not going to be able to do as much crystal power. Book of Eulogies, uh, you mentioned that already once. You think that's going to be a pretty much, you should probably have that if you're in the lane? Oh, yeah. I've been buying Book of Eulogies on everything, even if, even if I'm laning with a mage. Okay. Hmm. Gotta stay healthy, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, well obviously, I, I sell it after a little bit, but... Oh, <laughs> right. oh, that's probably what I've been going wrong in all my games. <laughs> yeah, endless keeps it the entire time. Uh, JK, JK. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's a lot. I hope everyone listening got a lot of information out of that. Obviously, Left has plays with a lot of, I would say, top-tier players, and he's one himself, so he gets to experience what the important things are. I know it's early Left, but any type of predictions when it comes to the strongest hero or who will be like the most fun to play in 5v5 if you haven't already found it? Uh, Flicker. Okay. Oh, ooh, I didn't expect that, but I like it. Have you played? I think, yeah, I don't know if you said that. If they don't change something about Flicker, he's going to be ban or pick once esports starts up again. Nice. Someone having to focus on banning a Flicker? That's going to be interesting. So speaking nice. of everyone, quote-unquote, being strong... Will we see an increase of bans coming through when we get closer to esports or no? Um, what do you mean increase of bans? Well, I've heard people talk about like, oh, we we need we are getting closer to having another ban on each side. So a having three ban three system. Ban oh, system. I see. Um, I don't really know. I know that League of Legends has like five bans on each side. <laughs> they also have like, like six thousand heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll have to see i don't know i don't think not having three bands would be the end of the world but yeah yeah it might also be a fun thing to do like maybe they could do that after they add 10 more heroes or something yeah. like that yep i think we're getting close i think 2018 we'll probably get there to have enough i just don't i don't have a problem with there being so many heroes that are strong um that are allowed to playthrough i just worry about some people i'm not saying this is me again because i don't play at the top tier some people say that there's too many like quote-unquote broken heroes that they can't ban because there's not enough bans for them but again we don't really know how 5v5 will play out so i guess it'll be interesting to see well my thought is every quote-unquote broken hero has a counter and if that broken hero doesn't have a counter they'll hotfix it fair enough I think my favorite thing is when people talk about a broken hero and then Nivet responds on Twitter and he's like, well, actually, if you do this and this, you can stop him and beat him. So, sorry, but he's not broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, Crude, do you have anything else? I do not. Uh, as always, appreciate Left coming on, though. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you've been uh, streaming once again. You want to drop your stream. That way people can watch you uh, play all these fun things you've been talking about on um, for 5v5. Uh, yeah, so my Twitch is just twitch.tv slash leftspectersmyign, and it's just leftspectersvg. 
is my Twitch. Yeah, I definitely uh, love watching you play. It's entertaining, especially when uh, I, I specifically was watching you. I think you'll remember you were playing a lane saw, and you had a lovely Baptiste teammate that was uh, trolling you all game, and you were like, you know, oh what? yeah, I'm the, done with the you. The thing is, the thing is, I was um actually I don't remember. I can't even remember if I was lane or jungle because wherever I would go, he was taking all of the farm. So you I were just everything. didn't have a position anymore. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess that may be uh, not as important in 5v5 because there's going to be so much more ways to get gold. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's all we have for this episode. Thank you again for coming on. Obviously, we will bother you in the future if you ever have any more ideas and need another expert voice. But uh, that's all we have for tonight's episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to Time for Rolling. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play Music and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Time for Rolling and at TFR underscore esports. Until next week for another edition of Time for Rolling.